listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I would say towards the end of last year, uh, anyone who follows uh, the things that I do for Nonstop Mom, uh, I just was sitting at my desk before the kids started school and started thinking like, you know what? I need to write out some declarations and start posting them. And that's kind of where it all began was last uh, November, which was really good. Why? Because of everything that's happened in 2020. It, it, it laid the foundation for you know, what we were going to get ready to experience. And it gave us an upper hand when everything kind of, you know, all hell broke loose and hit the fan in in March. It gave us a foundation for those who were in the word of God, for those who were standing on these declarations, knowing how much power we have in what we say. I mean, for crying out loud, God created the entire world, everything with just his words. So words are powerful. And then as we know, he's handed us the same power and authority. So we have to realize truly how much power and authority we have with what we say. And so that's why we titled it today, Vocalizing Your Victory, because so many Christians, and it's really frustrating because I deal a lot (laughs) with uh, believers that truly speak themselves into situations and atmospheres that they hate. And you think, well, why would someone do that? But it's just things that they say that they truly think are right, or they just think that it's, um, you know, the word of God when it's not even the correct doctrine. And so we have to realize how powerful, um, how much dominion we have in our confession. Uh, one of the things uh, my pastor said this past Wednesday, I mean, he preached a phenomenal message on, on Wednesday, but something that stuck in my spirit that I've been saying over and over again in my head, and I want you to guys to write it because it's something that when you look at it on paper and you really say it over and over again, you're like, yeah, like I never, I never really thought of it um, this way. But he said, most people know what they don't believe and don't know what they do believe. Now, like chew on that for a little bit and really, truly think that. So in the comments, right, most people know what they don't believe and don't know what they do believe. And when you think about it, you're you're like, yeah, that's true. Most people know what, you know, what they what they don't believe and and not truly know and live on what they do believe. Like what do we believe? Do we believe in divine healing? Do we le- le- believe in the prosperity of God? Not just spiritual, but material things because it's meant both of that is meant for us as a believer. What do we believe in 
uh, living free from fear and that fear is a spirit and we have control over it and we can tell it to leave and we don't have to let it dominate our minds. Do you believe that? So it's like if you really believe these things, especially what's going on. I mean, you know, you, I can. there's always going to be sickness and disease in this world until we get taken up to heaven. So when we, when we bring up this whole virus thing, it's like, oh, my gosh, can we really keep talking about, you know, the virus again. But yes, because look how people are acting. And I don't mean people that are unsaved. I mean, people who have a new spirit, man, they're made in a new creature in Christ. New. What, what do we believe? What are we even saying? What are we even doing? And so when I started with those declarations, uh, the end of last year, they really pumped me up Literally, I was posting them into probably the beginning of uh, this year in January. And then it was like the beginning of March. We're at a meeting and the entire world like shut down. Everyone was like, you know, sucker punched of what in the world is happening. And so that's when I came out with this book of declarations um, called Lines. And just how the importance of speaking what you want. You can have a good marriage. You can have health in your body at all times. It doesn't matter that you get older. It doesn't matter that uh, people in your family have experienced things and, and they've battled sickness and disease. None of that matters because that's not what the Word of God says. When our confession, when our, our language lines up with the Word of God, and, and I'm going to show you that here in a minute, that um, how that has to line up in order for it to work. So none, none of what else matters except what the Word of God. And I know that's a basic thought and a basic uh, concept, but truly, when you, when you meet people, when you speak to Christians, you realize that more and more, um, that's just not the truth. That we need to get to the basics of. What, what does Proverbs 18.21 have? I'm just going to go ahead and read it because I have it pulled up here already open. The tongue <clears throat> can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So this is a verse that uh, growing up in church, I've heard my entire life. So sometimes when you tend to hear uh, verses, you know, if you grew up in church over and over again, sometimes it doesn't always click with you. And then you realize like <laughs> it can go both ways. The tongue is powerful for death and life. I can either speak death over my life or I can speak death to the things that are sent to destroy my life. So that's how you have to look at it. Not just, you know, uh, be careful what you say and this and that. Oh, I stubbed my toe. My toe is killing me. Like, you know, we don't need to get all crazy about stuff like that. But you have to realize the tongue can bring death or life. And so you can either speak death to your own life or death to the things sent to destroy your life. So I, I, I want you to put that in the comment section. Proverbs 18.21. I can speak death to my own life or death to the things 
sent to destroy my life. It is what it is. Living the word of God is not um, riding a line. You're going to be one frustrated Christian if you're somebody that is constantly uh, lukewarm. You just are. I mean, it's inevitable to uh, be a happy, fulfilled, living a fulfilled Christian walk, struggle-free, if you're somebody who wavers constantly, wavers constantly. Um, so look with me in 2 Corinthians 4.13. You can go, go there or not. Uh, I'm going to get into a couple stories here in a second. But this book that I wrote is not only going to be declarations. I'm going to give you scripture in this book that helps you stand on the declaration. I give you prayers in this book to start you off, not just for you to say, you know, the few sentence prayer that I have in there and then call it a day. I want you to say the prayer. Everything in this book I want you to add to. I want you to go through the word of God. I want you to add to this book. So when you see a declaration, add on to it. When you see a scripture that I've added for a declaration, find another scripture that goes along with that declaration. Read what I wrote and pray what I pray and then add on to the prayer. So this book is something that stirs in my spirit so much because we, you know, <laughs> whatever you loose in heaven, whatever you bind on earth, bind in heaven, we, what we allow is going to happen in our life. We have to realize what we allow is going to happen. So if you're sick and tired of some of the things happening in your life, let's speak the word. Let's speak the word. Let's declare the word. We don't have to go find a self-help book. We don't have to go to, to therapy. We don't have to do all of these extra things when we have the one book, which is the word of God, that is our life's manual that tells us exactly how to act, exactly what to say. <laughs> you know, I'm going to touch on it in a little bit with, um, uh, with, uh, in Matthew 8 with the centurion when he says, speak the word only. I'm, I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But if we only spoke the word only, what, what kind of results are we going to have? We're going to have the results that God intends for us to have, what he says in the word of God by speaking the word only. So, in 2 Corinthians 4.13, it says, If I believe, therefore I what? I speak. 2 Corinthians 4.13 is so powerful to understand. If I believe, therefore I speak. And that's what, when, when, my, when my pastor, when, when Bishop Rick said that on Wednesday, when he said, most people know what they don't believe, and don't and don't know what they do believe. I automatically thought of Second uh, Corinthians four thirteen. I believe, therefore I speak. What do you believe? If you had to sit there for a minute while I sip my Nespresso, which if you don't have one of these machines, I highly recommend you have one. I should like give give a few away for something. I got to think of something to do just to give you guys something. But if you thought for a second. What do I believe? What, what do you believe about healing? What do you believe about the peace of God? What do you believe about fear? Think about it for a second. What do you believe? Because it says, 
What you believe, you will speak it. That's why, hold on. I just said I was going to take a sip before it gets cold. <laughs> that's why when this garbage that's happening around in the world, it makes me ornery. Anyone who follows me, it makes me, yes, Jenna, nonstop mom giveaway. I need to be giving away some Nespresso machines. Um, it makes me mock what's going on. The devil has no power. Shocker to many Christians. And it just goes to prove to you the basics that they don't know. The devil has no power. So what you allow, what you open the door to, to him, he's going to bust right in the door and sit on your couch and stick his nasty, dirty, germy shoes up on your coffee table. And, and what next? Most Christians don't even know how to tell people, you know, the enemy know that they're, they're, they'll be like, oh, you, do you want some tea? You want some hot tea? Let me make you a coffee. You want some cookies? Let me make you some cookies, devil. You're in my house. You know, that's what you do, right? When, when there's guests in your house, you take care of them. You, 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 you're a good hostess. Be a good hostess. Be a good hostess to the enemy. All right? So see how ridiculous that sounds? I say in a mocking voice because how insane does that sound? That's what believers are doing by their words, by allowing things to come into their life. They are opening the door to the enemy who is in no way a gentleman at all. John 10, 10 says he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So in the natural, we're not going to let robbers come in our house and say, oh, you know, knocking on the door. Oh, you, you, wanted, you wanted my flat screen TV? Oh, take it. I really wasn't watching it anyway. I didn't, I didn't care. I'm so busy. I'm not watching it. Oh, I'm sorry. You want to take my child out for for uh, a day? You want to babysit my child? Sure. Here, go on. T take my kid. No way, right? Like anyone whose parents are watching, give me the punch. Give me the punch hand emoji for anybody who would allow a stranger, an evil stranger that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Take your kids and, and, and walk out the front door with them. Let me know how many parents would allow that. <laughs> I think not. Well, I, I don't. <laughs> this is why I don't put my faith in man, because there are people who would be so stupid to allow that to happen and be like, oh, OK, well, I just needed a break anyway for my kids. <laughs> I just needed a few minutes to myself. I needed to take a shower. So, no, you can have my kids. Well, that is what it is. When we allow the enemy to, to come in our lives with thinking that he has authority, and, and just like what I put on the front of this book, confessions that create boundaries your enemy cannot cross. Done. That's it. The enemy knows my property line of my house. He can't come near it. 
He can go bother a neighbor of mine. He can go down the street. He can do whatever he wants to anyone else who doesn't set up a boundary line. But just like in the natural, when you buy a piece of property, there's a boundary line. You have a certain part of land that you own and that's it. You have the title deed for. I have the title deed to my house and my property. Same as in faith. Faith is our title deed. I am going to use my faith. I'm going to use my authority. I'm going to use my words. And I'm putting up a boundary line around my kids, around my family, around myself, around my husband, around anything that is mine. I have a boundary line. And so in Luke 10, 19, it says God has given us all, all, all power. Not some, not 99.9%. He's given us all power. And so we have to realize that with our mouth, like the title says, to vocalize our victory, we have to say what the word says. We have to believe what the word of God says. I believe, therefore I spoke. And now I've got two stories I want you to go with me in the Bible that's going to show you when you believe something, you speak. Go with me over to the first one and Luke 5. I'm going to show you a couple things here. Tie them together here. Luke 5. Sorry, guys, that you can hear my Bible rustling in my microphone. Be very quiet. <laughs> I always get feedback after the thing. They're like, you, we heard... Your Bible, your pen clicking, your tapping, your swallowing of your water. Hold on. All right, we're going to tie this together. I believe, therefore I speak. Luke 5. I'm, I'm going to, um, we're touching on the part where Jesus was standing on the shore. <laughs> Uh, where Jesus is standing on the shore and he's talking to Simon Peter. They're out on the boat. They're in the middle of the day. They um, are trying to fish and we know the story, right? He can't catch any fish. So uh, let's see. I'll start with just verse one. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats on the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and they were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat on the boat and taught the crowds from there. And when he had finished speaking, he said, Simon, now go out where it's deeper and let your nets to catch some fish. Let's see what, what Simon says to him. Master, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. And so Simon Peter, I'm sure, as a flesh man, was thinking, uh, Jesus, you're the preacher. You do your preaching thing. I'm the fisherman. I'm going to do my fisherman thing. I've, I've been out here, no sleep. You know, let, let me tell you a thing or two, Jesus. I know, uh, Jesus, <laughs> come on. I know you gave me a word just now, an instruction. I know you gave me an instruction. <laughs> a 
What is this? A book of instructions. Okay, focus. <laughs> I know you gave me an instruction. You know, I'm sure these thoughts were racing through his head. I know you gave me an instruction, but I, I, they're not here. It's during the day. Like, we've been out here. What do you mean on the other side? Jeez, Jesus. Gosh, how dare you tell me? How dare you tell me, Jesus? No. We worked hard. Let's see. We, uh, we worked hard all night, blah, blah, blah. And this time their nets were so full. He said, uh, if you say so, I'll let the nets down. And they were tearing out. They had so much fish. Okay. So I want you to skip down to verse 9. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught. They were astonished. They were astonished that when Jesus said something, it came to pass. Can I tell you <laughs> who wasn't astonished when he spoke? Jesus. The Bible doesn't say Jesus and Simon and Peter and the disciples were all struck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with them. Everybody else was astonished when this miracle happened, but Jesus, but Jesus. All right, go with me to Mark 11. I'm gonna show you something here and tie this in. Mark 11. We know the story again. These are all stories that we know of, but we have to really dig into the word of God and ask the Lord for revelation and wisdom when we read. Because when we read these, it's like sometimes we still are reading these um, stories in the gospel as if, as if we were still in kids' class, right? Jesus said, cast the nets. The nets went to the other side. Look at all the fish. Hooray. What a miracle. <laughs> There's more to it. I'm getting ready to show you here. There's more to it. It goes to show you when Jesus spoke, he knew the word inside of him was going to do exactly what he said it was, it was called to do exactly what he said. He knew the power within his words, within his declaration, within his command, that it, it didn't waver. He said it, boom, done. There's a miracle. But the, the disciples and everyone were awestruck. So over in Mark 11, Jesus curses the fig tree. And so I just picked out these two stories because I wanted to show you the reaction of others and the reaction of Jesus. Because this is how we're going to have to be. I'm going to tell you when I'm done reading this. Uh, let's start with 11:12 in Mark. The next morning, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. And that's a message in itself right there. I, I've heard wonderful messages and revelation pulled out of there of, of how, you know, the Lord requires 
uh, production. The Lord gives you the ability to do, you know, production in all seasons. So you can get a whole thing out of there. But let me drop you down to verse 20. The next morning as they passed by the fig tree that he had cursed, the disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. He was astonished. Look, Rabbi, look, look at, look at the, can, can you believe it? That's what people say when something happens. Look, look. I mean, like, honestly, do you think he had to tell Jesus to look? No. Jesus had the power when he said it before. <laughs> You're not in production. Bye. You're done. We're out. You're no good to me. Sorry. And, and over there, you've got Peter shocked. This is what I want to get to you. Don't be astonished when you say something and it comes to pass. Don't be astonished when you say something and the power of your words um, bring the miracle in your life. Kick out fear. Kick out disease. When, when your words bring in your financial harvest. Don't be astonished at that. What, you need to be astonished at... Uh, when, when it, uh, when it, you know, when it doesn't happen, like, wait a second, something's wrong here. I, I got to get on this. Am I not saying the word correctly? Am I not speaking the word only? I'm astonished if it doesn't work. Don't be astonished at when it works, because that is exactly what we're called to do as believers. What's inside of you? Like I said, I'm going to say it over and over and over again. What are you speaking? What do you believe? I believe, I'm pointing to my spirit man down here, I believe, therefore I speak. So when Jesus wasn't astonished because he was like looking around thinking, what, what do you mean I have to look? Or what do you mean you're awestruck that I said, cast the nets to the other side? What do you mean? What do you mean that, that that's what happened? Of course it's what happened. Of course, I expect my victory. I expect what I say. I expect the power that I have, the dominion and authority that I walk in to come to pass. Write this in the comment section. His word is the only standard that should define my life. His word, the word of God, is the only standard that should define my life. And that's it. You don't, it's perfect because you don't have to compare it and question for other things. You, you don't have to. It's the only standard. That's it. If you're not meeting the standards of the word of God, that's the only thing that you have to be worried about. His word is the only standard that should define my life. And you know what? It actually makes living life easier when that's it. When you know you only have Jesus to please, only have Jesus to please. I don't have anyone else that I need approval from that defines what I do. God called you to do something and that's it. So 
his word is the only standard that should define my life. So you have to understand we're not supposed to be awestruck when something happens, when he gives us an instruction or when we speak something into our life. I'm not like I woke up this morning. What? I have no pain. Oh my. I haven't caught the coronavirus. What? 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 That's a that's amazing. That's amazing that I don't get sick. That's amazing that um you know, I got blessed today. Somebody get, you know, walked up to me and gave me $200 and just said, "You know, I just wanted to bless you." Wow. Wow, that that's just man. I am so full of joy today. I am so happy that I don't even know how that happens. That's so amazing. It's so glorious. Okay, you know everybody by now from my podcasts when I start in those voices, I'm letting you know how ridiculous that sounds. And just in case you did not understand how my voice and why it changed, I'm just letting you know that's ridiculous. We should not be amazed when we're operating and receiving things that we said because we should expect it. I expect to walk in divine healing. Why? I have the revelation of the word of God, what it says I can have, what he did on the cross. He already took care of it for me. Why do I have to walk around worrying about that stuff and having burdens on my shoulder and kicking the dirt and, you know, not sure what's going to happen. Oh, I got called Ted. <laughs> Am I acting like Ted? No, you can. <laughs> oh, man. But that is it. His word should be the only standard that defines my life. When I, when I was um, thinking of my book, because Ted, Ted left last night and he said, you know, do you want to do the broadcast or do you want to air it? And a lot of people who know me, I'm not quite as wonderful as Ted. No. <laughs> he just, you know, he came out of the womb holding a microphone and speaking to large crowds at the age of six months old. So for me, I literally had to like get, uh, you know, the Lord to say, listen, you are to do this and you're going to have to get over how you feel about it. So <laughs> that's exactly what I, what I do all the time. Now at this point, I, I get over it. But when I wrote this book, it charged me up so much like everything I learned more and I grew up in church but you can never stop learning there's nothing new under the sun the bible says you can never stop learning your faith never gets to a point where it's capped and that's it and you know it's like well that's all I'm gonna get so I've done all my reading I've done all my studying uh but no but when I wrote this book and really like I've known about declarations and confessions and the power behind your words. But man, when you really get into it and you get that revelation of nothing can trip me up. And if something trips me up, you know, 
And the one thing that's hard, you know, for people when it comes to uh, vocalizing your victory, uh, saying your declarations, uh, knowing your confessions, saying what the word of God says, uh, it it puts the responsibility on ourselves. And a lot of people don't like that feeling. It's much easier to blame other people for things going on in our life. You know, you feel like the struggle is real. I hate that saying. People know the struggle is over is what we declare. Um, But you don't have to struggle. We don't have to go through a lot of things that we're going through. We have to take an inner look at our walk with the Lord, at what our spearmint has inside and what's coming out. Because everything that I'm speaking on today starts with and it will end with 2 Corinthians 4.13. What do you believe? That's something that we every day should be looking into ourselves saying, what do I believe? If I don't fully understand a topic in the Bible, your due diligence is to study it out. It is not for you to wait until you get to church every Sunday, possibly Wednesday, if you can make it from work, you know, which is so silly. Every time the church doors are open, this is a freebie for you, get your behind in the chair. Every time your church doors are open, that should be the one place there's no room for saying no to. And just like Ted said yesterday, if your church isn't open yet, peace. (laughs) I mean, I don't know why you've waited this long. Uh, So every time your church doors are open, you need to be in it. Because like I said, until the Lord comes back, bam, your levels, sorry, I hit my mic. (laughs) I know, someone's going to give me a look back there. (laughs) Levels is how you should be increasing until, until the Lord returns. And so when I wrote this book, it, it even gave me more of a uh, jump to understand my boundary lines. And it gives me, you know, I already have a distaste and a hatred for the enemy, but I feel it even, I have to learn to balance it because I don't ever want it to come out (laughs) to somebody else, but I have such a violent hate for the enemy, for what he does uh, for people, to people, for what he's after, for, you know, he loves, he is pure evil. He loves death. He loves uh, division. He loves uh, seeing people upset and heartbroken and crying. And it gives me such a distaste in my mouth for when I see those things, there are people struggle. That's why I hate that saying in that word so much. Because the devil gives me, it it just, it angers me so that I want to work so hard at making sure my atmosphere is filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Word of God. My children know it to their core. My family knows it to the core. I know it to the core. We should be working hard every day 
at not letting the enemy trip us up. Because he's after, he's after, after, after us. He, when you become a Christian, he is so ticked, so ticked. And that's why when you get saved, it's important. Directly dive into the word. Directly find out what it is. Don't wait. Yes, churches should have discipleship. You know, everyone starts at these different levels when they're a baby and they should be growing. But the responsibility at the end of the day of what we do, what God told us to do, what we learn, it all comes from us. It all comes from us. What do you believe? Okay. So when I think about, um, let's go to Isaiah 55. I was just thinking about Matthew 8, but I want to go to Isaiah 55 first. Because I want to show you something. When you, so listen, the the declaration part is extremely important. Obviously, the believing part is extremely important. But we have to make sure that what we're declaring lines up with the word of God. So if you go to Isaiah 55, 11. And I'm going to look it up in a different version. I'm going to read my NLT, but I'm going to read it also in, I really liked last night when I was looking it up, my ESV, which that's Ted's Bible, but he has it with him. ESV. All right, going to Isaiah 5511. I'm going to read read uh, both versions to you. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. There's your production there. That's why you got rid of that tree. It will accomplish all I want it to. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. It is the same with my word. I send it out, okay, declaration, confessing the word, speaking, vocalizing. You have to say stuff. You have to say it. Your ears need to hear it. People need to hear it. You have to be vocal. Dead people, no sound. People full of life, speak. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always... Not sometimes. This is why Jesus was not astonished when he sent out his word and said, drop the nets to the other side and see what you catch. Fig tree, done. You're out. (laughs) Life is over for you. No production. We're, we're, we're We're done with you. He wasn't astonished because what? I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to. So we're not going to say something and believe half of what we say. Lord Jesus, I command, I command cancer to go out of Jenny's life in the name of Jesus. Okay. So do you command all of the cancer to go 
or do you just command, you know, part of the cancer to go? Are you just commanding, you know, it to get smaller? So maybe it just, you know, doesn't affect the body that much. Uh, you know, different things like that. Or what? It's like, no, I said I command cancer to go out of Jenny in the name of Jesus. So that means all of it. No more traces, no more complications, no more issues. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. So Isaiah 55, 11 says in the ESV, so shall my word be, so shall it be, that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty or void. I know a lot of people know the version where it says void, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. The ones who are watching, the Victory Tribe, the faithful to the morning broadcast, we've been saying since January 2020 is a year of violent increase and expedited favor. I see billion eight right in that almost every morning. Uh, Karen, it's Isaiah 55, 11. That is something we have been saying, right? Speaking it out of our mouth. I'm sitting in a place where my words, my declarations at the beginning of this year, I'm sitting in a place where the words did not return void. It's actually prosperous. The ministry is the most prosperous it's ever been. This room is full of equipment paid for, no debt, everything cash, prosperous. The word we sent forth, it came back and accomplished what we said. And it's still going to. We don't, 2020 is not over. There is still so much that can happen and so much we're believing for that will happen. And same for you. This is not a time to pull back. This is not a time to, oh, well, fall season's here, so time for pumpkin spice lattes and little cozy covers on my glass cups to make them, you know, comfortable and homemade blankets and, <laughs> uh, you know, comfy shoes and lightweight scarves, depending on what state I live in. And so now it's just time to cuddle up on the couch. And, you know, God's done so much this year. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's fall time. It's time to make chili and relax. No, absolutely not. It's time to be pressing in. It's still time to be fasting. It's still time to be speaking. It's still time to be believing because this year's not over. Each year, God has some serious things for us. And it's time that we speak and we get everything he has for us in 2020. Always producing fruit, accomplish all I want it to, and will prosper everywhere I send it. So when I was reading that last night, Matthew 8, 8, I jumped in my spirit and all I thought about was the centurion, right? And we talk about um, healing the servant. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Okay, I will. 
Side note, Jesus is always willing to heal and take care of you. That is his will. There's one will, and that is his will. So we never have to say, will it be God's will that you do this? No, it's his will. It's his will. So you don't have to say, if it be God's will. He always says, and if you read through the Gospels, I am willing. So Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my house. Just say the word. He said to Jesus, just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. Just say the word. Can I tell you how that goes along with, with Isaiah 55 when I was thinking? If the word doesn't return void, why is it that some people speak things and they don't see what they speak? <laughs> why is it that we can have Christians say things and they're not getting what they say? Well, it came to, came to me last night. They're not speaking the word. You can say a lot of stuff if it's not in the word. If it, it's not part of what he's given us already, we don't have to conjure up new things. We don't have to think of new things to say. And we don't have to. The work's already been done for us. We don't need to overthink this, guys. We don't need to overthink being a Christian, overthink faith, overthink. That's the problem. And that's how we miss out on a lot of our miracles, a lot of things that are going on in our life that we want. We overthink things. We don't have to conjure up new things, new sayings, do anything. Speak the word only. It says in Isaiah 55, 11, attach that together. Will not return void. So Jesus spoke the word. He is the word. He said it. And, and, and was the servant healed or did he lay, you know, sick? Nope. It said the same time he said it, his servant healed, got up. Good to go. Brand new. Done. So we have to make sure, and that's what I helped in this book, was giving you some declarations. And like I said at the beginning, giving you some declarations to start with, but it, this book is a starting point. It's a launching pad for you. My book of declarations is a launching pad for you. You have to go out and get it for yourself. Add on to it. Speak the word only. And when you speak the word, there's production involved. It always will be accomplished. And it will never come back void. It will, it will always return ready to do what it was sent to do. You are in power of your words. You are in control of what you say. You, uh, it starts with you with believing and it ends with you with what you're saying. You are it. Jesus died on the cross. He's given us everything. He's equipped us. We've got the Holy Spirit. There's nothing else. We're not going to wait on Jesus for anything else. There's nothing else we have to wait on. He, he's given us everything. We have to access it. We have to realize who we are in Christ. What authority we have. All. Okay. So when you get that revelation of, of Luke 10, 19, that we have all authority. That's a game changer. Because then you start to get like a boldness. Thanks, Kelly, for reading it. I appreciate it. Thanks. Um, 
You know, I know I know a lot of people that are watching that have the book and are posting it, and I've got uh, women's groups that are, um, you know, a part of it and doing it. But it starts with what we know, what we can say, the power behind it, our confession. Um, go with me real quick to James. Because once again, this is something that a lot of people, and, and, I, and I just, I always think of this uh, chapter and verses when people uh, waver and what they say and, and what, they, what they do and what they believe. But James 1, let's see. We'll start with 6. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything they do. Unstable in everything they do. So do you want to be the person that should not expect to receive anything from the Lord because their loyalty is divided? Or the person back in Isaiah 55 who speaks the word and has production, always receiving what the word of God says, never being without, always seeing their prayers answered, always seeing increase in their life always moving to new levels, always implementing the God ideas that's given to them? Or do you want to be the person that looks like a wave? My Christianity is a roller coaster. I'm high one minute. I heard a really good word. And then, oh man, this instance in my life took me down because I never do anything outside of church and I don't have enough in my spirit man to defeat it or say anything right. Oh wait, hold on. It's Wednesday. Oh no, wait, I'm busy. So I'm not going to go to church. Oh, hold on. We'll get to Sunday. Okay. We get to Sunday. Oh yeah, that's really great. Okay. Here comes Monday. That's how a lot of Christians are. That's how a lot of Christians are. There are these roller coaster wave fly by night Christians who are all gung ho one minute. And yeah, I'm going to speak the word and I'm going to say this and it sounds cute and I'm going to make a graphic and I really don't even know what I'm making and the graphic sucks and so does the word. So that's just how I feel about it. <laughs> but I mock that stuff because it's all over. It's all over the internet. I'll have people I know that are supposed to believe the same thing I believe and they post stuff and I'm like, a dog that cocks their head with their ears turned like, what in the world are you saying? Show me a scripture that backs that up. Mm, you can't. Okay, so it's not the word. So I'm not going to speak it. Learn to speak the word only. When you speak the word only, like in Matthew 8, you are automatically going to be like Isaiah 55, 11, where you speak it and it comes back to you. What you want, what you say. What is it, what is it that you need today? Is, is it something that in your marriage, you can have a good marriage? Absolutely. One of the main things that I deal with with nonstop mom, and you know, I call it nonstop mom because I'm nonstop mom. <laughs> 
but it's not just for moms. Anyone who, you know, thinks that like they can't listen to the podcasts I do, a lot of times I'm not directing uh, teachings just at moms. Some stuff is, but it's nonstop mom because I'm a nonstop mom and there's other nonstop moms out there. But listen, the, the, one of the main teachings that I like am all about for uh, what, I, what I try to get out there, you know, I go over all different topics, but there's a main, main message there because the world tells you you can't have your cake and eat it too, but the word of God has set it up that way for you. You can have a good marriage. You can have loving, obedient kids. You can have divine healing. You can live in joy. Your house can be a house of peace. So when, when people have this hard time of understanding, well, I don't, I don't think I can say that. I, I just, I don't know, like my marriage is bad right now. Well, do you want a better marriage? Speak the word. The word says it. Do you want to have peace with your friends, with your neighbors, you know, taking care of people? The word says that we can have it all because that's what Jesus died for. So when you think that you can't have it all, to me, it's like a slap in the face, uh, face to God almost. Like I always think like, man, Jesus, you died on the cross, so we got to have all these things and live this way and have all this power. And you told us, you gave us instruction to do greater things and, you know, we're not doing it. So it, it's like, what in the world? What in the world? Um. I had something else that I wanted to share with you. Oh, that's it. Is the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, I, I wrote it, sorry, I wrote it down like as I was coming into the studio, it like just came to me as I was driving over here of how 1 Corinthians says we are to imitate Christ. Where's that? 11.1, to be imitators of Christ, right? And to have the mind of Christ. It says over in 2 Corinthians 15.16. So if we are to imitate Christ, and have the mind of Christ, then everything we say should be from the word of God, directly from the word of God. If we're to imitate him, he spoke with power. God spoke with power. Their, their, their words created things. Their words killed things that were not of God. So their words had power and have the mind of Christ. We'll know what to say by having the mind of Christ. We don't ever have to wander and we have to worry and, and think, you know, what am I going to say? That's what I was talking about earlier. We don't have to overlook things. We don't have to over, uh, uh, not overlook things, overthink things. He's given us a full supply of what we need to say in order to give us a full supply of what we need in our life. Okay. Write that. He's given us a full supply of things to say so we can have the full supply of what he gives us, what we need in our life. We, can, we, we should be and we can be fully supplied based on what the word of God says. So it's so, so important. You know, before I, I pray for you and, you know, we move on to some other things, it's so so, so important. I can't stress it enough. 
of how we are to know the word and speak the correct thing and know how much power we have. Creating the boundary in our life, the enemy cannot cross. Like I said, he only has, you know, three purposes in John 10.10. 10. Kill, steal, destroy. Three purposes of the enemy. Kill, steal, and destroy. But yet, so many Christians know that verse, quote that verse, make a graphic of that verse, post that verse, write that verse, and yet still it doesn't click in their mind. Kill, steal, and destroy. And then over in Luke, he's given us all power. So if we already know, like we have an insight of what the devil wants to do to us, we should be able to know what the word of God says, speak it, believe it, have faith and stand on it and defeat the enemy every single time that he tries to come up against you. And you get to the point, and that's why the, the, the thing on my book says that create a boundary line that your enemy can't cross. You get to the point where you know the word that there's such a boundary line around you that he may have tried to come at you. He may have tried to come, um, you know, attack you, but you didn't even realize it. Didn't even know that he was knocking on the door. You were so full and knowing the word of God that you didn't even hear him knocking on the door. And that's where we have to get. That's where we have to understand how powerful our confessions and our declarations are. Throughout the Bible, it's all about speaking. Like I said before, you have life in you. Life has noise. Speak. There's sounds that should be coming out of your mouth. And as long as it lines up with the word of God, like we showed in Matthew 8, 8 and Isaiah 55, as long as it lines up with the word of God, it will never return void in your life. So really think about that today. Really think about what do I believe? What do I believe so it can come out of me? The right thing can come out of me. The right declaration, the right confessing of the word, the right belief, full of faith. He never wants us to go through bad stuff and struggle. So anything that makes us feel like that we're going through like a hard time and it's caused by God is not is not right. It's not right. It's not right. And so think, really think about it this weekend before we come back on Monday. What do I believe? And if there's something that you're questioning, it's time to get into a study on it. It's time to understand what it says on that topic. Topical studies are my favorite way to, uh, thanks Justin, um, uh, favorite way to learn. Because if you ever question something, What's better than going directly to it? So if, if, if healing, you know, maybe you've heard wrong teaching your whole life. Maybe you're new to salvation and, and you just don't know what the Bible says about healing and all the wonderful stories and the faith, the faith that's built through reading the testimonies in the Bible. You know, go for it. Get into an in-depth study on that. Or, you know, tithing and offering, the, sep the separation of them, what the Bible says about tithing. Then what does it say about offering? They're two 
completely separate things. I know people say tithes and offerings, but the and separates it, makes it two separate things. So there's a topical study you can do on each one separately. If you don't understand, you know, uh, how we don't have to have fear at all, at all. We don't ever have to experience fear at all. I do not experience fear at all. I can remember a couple of times where it tried to creep in over a certain situation and it was done there, not allowing it to go any further, not allowing any roots to grow. And so, but you have to know what the word of God says in order to kill it, in order to get rid of it. So think about that this weekend. What do I believe? Because it goes back to 2 Corinthians 4.13. I believe, therefore I speak. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray with you and... Um, and I really, I really believe that the ones watching this today are going to grab hold of this and see the different things that I showed them of how, you know, not being astonished when things happen because we should expect them as a believer in our life and um, Knowing that if we, we what, whatever we say lines up with the literal word of God, then we don't ever have to th say it and then think, well, you know, I hope I hope that comes to pass and I hope that works out. Uh, you know, that that's not anything we ever have to wonder. Like I said, we don't have to make stuff up. We just have to say what's already here. We don't have to make stuff up. We, we don't have to say anything extra. We don't have to try to conjure up our own, uh, the way the, that verse is supposed to read. Let me, let me write it a little bit of a different fancy way. We don't have to. We literally have right here that we just have to open up and say. It's that simple to speak the word, to speak confessions, to speak declarations. Except for the stories that I wrote in here and gave you and personal testimonies and, and words of encouragement. Everything else is just scripture. My declaration is backed up by scripture. I, I didn't, you know, I may have said it, uh, you know, a different way, a little, you know, like maybe plainer or anything like that. But you can take what I, I say in the book and match it to scripture easily. And then obviously there's more scripture that you can add to it. So before we move on today, I'm going to pray with you. And I know that what was spoken today, what was said is going to leap in your spirit. And I know it's going to be a game changer for you because now is not the time to play church. <laughs> now is not the time to be a social media Christian. And what I mean by that is, oh yeah, great. You can post Bible verses all day long. Ooh, ooh, that feels good. Ooh, oh, I'm going to open my Bible app and here's the verse of the day. And ooh, that really spoke to me. That's a social media Christian. Somebody who doesn't really know the word, but man, you would think through their Facebook and their Instagram that they are so powerful, that they really know the word of God. Listen, social media Christians, <laughs> everything is known by your fruit. And so... I'm looking at how people are acting during situations, how people are uh, speaking, you know, with situations. The devil makes me so mad. I will give no leeway, no way to, to be soft around him. I hate him with everything inside of me.
I mean, it gets me worked up just talking about them and, and, and worked up watching Christians live below their, their level. My last chapter in this book, and I also have a podcast on it, so I recommend you um, listening to it, but it's called I Have Rights. And I go through seven rights that the Bible says that we are to have as Christians. And believe me, there's obviously a lot more, but I, to not fill up my entire book on one chapter, um, I decided to pick seven that I really were important to me and that I wanted to share with you. But as a believer, we have rights. And one of the rights we have is confessing the word and seeing the power of it come into our lives. So let me pray with you. Thank you, Jesus, for each and every person that's watched today. I pray that this word that I, I spoke, that I gave to them, that I laid out for them, leaps into their spirit, man, to show that they don't have to struggle, to show that we live strong as a Christian, that we have all the power, Lord, that you've given to us. Lord, thank you for coming down and, and living here and showing us how to be and showing us how we are to imitate you and showing us how we are to have the mind of Christ and showing us the power as you spoke in the New Testament that we are to have. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. And then <laughs> giving us an instruction to have this, the same power and greater that we can do it. Lord, I, I command the wisdom and revelation come upon the people that are watching today, whether it be now or a replay. I command it, Lord, that as we in these last days as Christians, that as we open the word of God, that it jumps off in our spirit, man, that we get a hold of it. That today, if anyone is struggling with something, struggling with sin, struggling with um heartbreak, struggling with fear, struggling with sickness, struggling with poverty, that they get a hunger and a fire and a desire to read the word of God and that it jumps up in their spirit, man. Father God, I pray for everyone that's watching that's battling sickness. I hate the devil. I serve notice on him today. We're drawing a boundary around our life. We're drawing a boundary that he cannot cross. For the word of God says, Lord, that when you died on the cross, that those stripes, that the beating that you got was for that, was for sickness and disease. We don't have to have it on our bodies. I command uh, our bodies to work perfectly. Every organ to line up with the way you created it, the way you said it was supposed to work, that our bodies line up with the word of God right now. Thank you, Jesus, that this year is a phenomenal year for the people of God that we continue to stand on the word, violent increase and expedited favor, that the blessings of God come to us so wonderful, so marvelous, that just like the word of God says in Psalm, that the wicked will say, he has done great things for them. That is how we stand. We stand tall. We stand strong. We are not, we're not persuaded. We're not gonna be, fighting the devil every day, that we're going to wake up strong and, and full of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that peace resides in our home, that we have a wonderful weekend, Father God, and, and, and just that joy fills our life, fills our spirit, fills our home, fills our kids, fills our spouses. 
Thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. We're so thankful. We're so thankful. And we will shout your praises each and every day. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. As my husband always says, put the fire emojis in there if you agree, because we are standing with you. We thank you so much for the people that watch every day. We're so thankful for you. We pray for you. Um, we are thankful for the partners that have hooked up with Miracle Word Ministries over the years. And we have had so many new ones this year. I mean, we, we genuinely are thankful. And so I want to give you an opportunity right now to sow into Miracle Word Ministries. All the things that we're doing, getting ready to go on TV, we feed children. If you, if you at least stick around to the end of this video, you'll get to see um, the ministry that we're a part of, that we give every month to, to feed the bellies of these sweet, sweet children. I really hope one day that I, I get the opportunity to go over there. I would love love to bring my kids over there and meet these sweet children. But so many things that we're doing, uh, getting ready to leave again. Ted's already gone. I mean, the things, the God ideas that are implemented in this ministry that's coming with nonstop mom and the miracle word kids, uh, just, just so many things that are getting ready to happen, but not everyone always gets to go along with us. But by sowing into this ministry and pushing, helping us, you're helping us push the gospel forward that it can't, just like your words can't return void, seeds in the ground, financial seeds in the ground can't return void. Water them with your faith, with your words and see the harvest. Like I said before, this year isn't over is not over and there's still so much for God to do in your life. There's still so much for God to do that he is doing in my life. You know, he's answered a lot of prayers for me this year, but I still got more that are out there that I'm asking God for. And I know with a bulldog tenacity that it's going to come to pass before 2021. I know it. I know it because I'm going to be just like Jesus. I am going to praise him when I see the return, but I'm not going to be astonished because it's going to be like, hey, I spoke the word and it's going to come back to me. So thank you so much for for giving to Miracle Word Ministries. As you can see on the bottom, you can give on our website, miracleword.com. You can partner with us on the, on the website. You can click the partner tab and you can, you can kind of format it all yourself on the website. You can choose automatic giving. You actually have the ability on the website to um, make your own account. So you can check in on it anytime you want. You can change whatever you need to change. So it's actually a place where you can look and see and have your own like kind of like a portal of your your giving with us. Uh, you can also give on Cash App. You can also give on PayPal and Venmo. And um, by by giving anyone who partners with us at a thousand dollars or more, uh, anything from a thousand dollars and on, uh, you're going to get Ted's new book, Further Faster, and and it is phenomenal revelation that he has how we I mean most people a lot of people don't talk about true impartation and so they kind of just make it up you know they've they've had no spiritual fathers or anything like that they're just doing whatever they want but um this is a, a supernatural system of promotion that he wrote about 
this further faster. And so for anyone who gives a thousand or more, this is a, a nice hard copy. It's a hard cover with a dust jacket that he signs for you personally. And also we have our NLT Tyndale Life Application Study Bible in genuine leather that he also signs and, you know, writes a little note to you in there that comes straight from him for anyone who gives a thousand dollars or more. And I ask you to have the Holy Spirit speak to you. Ask the Lord, you know, is that what I'm supposed to do? Is, is that uh, something I'm supposed to give? And um, be a part of everything we're doing. The Victory Tribe, we appreciate you. We love you. We're excited to, you know, all of this, we're excited that we get to share with, with you and be a part of. So that really excites us. So those are two things that you're going to get um, when you partner at $1,000 or more. Um, if you are giving, you can also go to the website with claimmyoffer.com uh, or miracleword.com forward slash offer. And you can see there that this this month, we're giving a book by our own pastor, a phenomenal, phenomenal book. Uh, hopefully sometime we can have him uh, come on and talk about this book because he is so powerful. And so this is called Speak to the Void. And this is our gift to you for anyone who's doing 85 or more a month. You just have to go to the website. So we're not going to just automatically send it to you uh, unless you are the ones who are doing uh, the larger giving because it's it's all going to come with, with the Bible and the further faster and all that. So anyone who's doing $85 or more and you want to claim your offer, I do know that Ted mentioned the other day that we are doing um, the marriage the marriage uh, series that we have. Want to know how to have a fail-proof marriage. So if I know that Bishop Brick has been on with us before, so if you already have his book, it, you know, this is also another option that you can have. Or if you just are really needing some guidance on marriage and love or you're getting ready to get married and it's like something that you just feel like that's what you're really drawn to, then that's going to be on your claim, the offer too. So you can choose which one you'd like as a gift from us this month. Thank you so much for being with me today. I really appreciate it. I love you guys. Don't forget that um, uh, Miracle Word Kids just started this month. And so we have a brand new mission for your kids. It's prayer, talking to your heavenly father. Um, it would, you guys, if you come back to me real quick, I'll show them. Each week we have different things that they're going to fill out and do. And it prompts them to, to pray. I've given them prayer points. I first, I wrote an introduction on why it's important we pray and, and the outcome of it. And then each week they can print this off and put it in their room, their refrigerator, their mirror. And it's, it's a mission for them to do. And I've included prayer points for them. Uh, so they can, you know, like I, I spoke earlier today, align God's word and make sure you're speaking the right thing. Because when, when prayers aren't getting answered and your words are, are not coming back to what you have, then, um, you have to uh, make sure that you're lining up with the Word of God. So I included prayer points in there. So it has been a phenomenal week. This is our second week ending in the studio, and I couldn't be more thrilled. Thank you all for sticking on with me. I love you. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. It's Labor Day, isn't it? 
Anybody doing anything fun out there? Anybody grilling, going somewhere? Let me know. What are you guys doing for Labor Day? You're welcome, Bonnie. I love you. I love all of you. Ted, I love Ashley. Ashley Melton makes me laugh daily. It's good to laugh daily. Make sure you have a friend in your life that makes you laugh daily. If not, listen to our thing the other day. Gotta go. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But anyway, God bless you guys. I love you. You all have a great, great, oh, camping. Oh, my kids want to go camping so bad. Problem is in Florida right now, even when I got up this morning, it was a heat index of 97, even though it was like only 80 degrees out. That's really hot to go camping. So I think when it gets to be more like December or January, I am gonna take them camping because we have some awesome places in central Florida that I know about because I'm from here and I wanna get back to. I, I used to do them with my dad and my grandparents when I was little, so I'm looking forward to that. Just can't be hot like we're doing. Um, kayaking and to the beach. Doreen, I'm right there with you. I love kayaking and I love the beach, so I'm inviting myself. <laughs> Thanks, Teresa. My husband's working on Saturday, then just enjoying the weekend together. Yeah, that's great. Enjoy the weekend. Rest. Don't do anything. Have fun. I love you guys, and we'll see you back on Monday. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.